it's different around here, so. <laughs> so, all right. All right, here we go in three, two, one. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Windwardsville Music Beast Podcast. Uh, podcast. Uh, I'm your handicapped host, James Cox, and I have a great, great guest for you all today. I'm sorry, I've been, I, I have been taking time off because I've been in the process of moving, but Rob has the, uh, I guess, advantage of us seeing my new uh, background, background, back, backdrop, background, whatever you call it, because I'm in the new house, y'all. Yay, me, right? So, anyway. Okay, so Rob Cussies, K- yes, I, I I nailed it the first time. Usually I get that wrong. So, uh, so yeah, so we're gonna bring you on right now, cause okay, so the thing with with uh, musicians is, uh, well, I mean, I can excuse me if I'm um, not mistaken, but there is little information about where about you. Because I couldn't, I, I I could not pull up your website. Uh, so if you would tell the the audience about you and just a little about about yourself before we we, we get to the questions. Uh, sure thing, James. Thanks so much for having me on. As you said, my name's Rob. I host a weekly music podcast myself. That's how we connected. It's called One Thousand and One Album Complaints, and the premise is that musicians and old friends sort of break down classic albums uh, week by week. We do a bunch of research. We tell the stories, kind of the making of the album, and we give a lot of musical opinions and give the benefit of some of our studio experience and live performance experience to give some color while we tell the story. So there's that. And then, of course, I am a musician myself. As you alluded to, just uh, an amateur, but someone who's been playing music (laughs) my entire life, uh, playing in bands on the weekends, going on little many tours, releasing records, and just doing it as a, a very dedicated hobby, let's say. Right, right. Well, cool, 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 cool. Uh, the first time, the, okay, so the first thing I want to ask you about is, because we compare musicians here a lot. We do a thing called Cobra Wars, and I always like to ask our guests, would you let's do this band or this band? Sure. So I want to do that with you if you have time. I'm ready. Uh, so the first group we're going to do is Acabus versus Deftones. Which one would you rather listen to right now? You know what? It's really coincidental that you're bringing that up because I was literally listening to Incubus in the car. Yes, Incubus. On a little errand out out and about. So I'm going to go Incubus. Incubus, yeah. Uh, Deftones, man, I love Deftones. I would, for me... Uh, not that you asked, but, but for me, it would be Deftones because I think I still think today has uh, the White Pony album is like the best album ever made. I don't know, it's just me. Uh, no. I gotta give that better a, a bigger chance. I gotta be honest, it's not really a genre I'm super familiar with. I'm pretty yeah. new to Incubus, and yeah, I'll just be real honest. I was I was listening to it for our podcast, so we're gonna be covering Incubus real soon. Not 100 percent sure. Yeah when this comes out and it grew on me but mm-hmm. yeah it's not something i listened to that much when it was kind of going on so i'll have to dig into the the catalog and the genre as yeah. well which i think includes deftones right yeah, right i will say this i will say that incubus is the hardest band to see because when their tickets go on sale they sell out just like that <laughs> right know? dedicated so, fan base right 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 very good yeah so okay uh so for the second lineup we got uh, uh let's go with Pearl Jam or Nirvana? 
I'm going to go Nirvana for me personally. I assume you mean in the golden era of each of these yes. bands, right? Nirvana. Not some kind of rehash, sublime no. with Rome situation, right? Actually, I don't think Nirvana came, came back at all. Wait, wait they no, did nobody, right? They, they, they no, did. they never replaced Kurt, but I mean, mm. other bands have done stuff like that. So. Right, yeah. yeah. But yeah, if I... But I am talking about the heyday, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if I could have seen him in their heyday, I think I'd go Nirvana. They just spoke to me a little more when I was growing up. I think Pearl Jam's a great rock band, too, and they've clearly had a lot of longevity. So all respect to them. But, yeah, I'm going to go Nirvana. I totally agree with you on that. You get no complaint here. All right, so the last band we're going to do is... Now I'm, now I'm doing this for a reason, and I'll, and I'll tell you the reason why. Sure. When, when you give me an answer. The almighty question, the question that's been asked many, many times, mm-hmm. Megadeth or Metallica? So easy. I'm going Metallica. I just think they're from whence the genre, or at least a certain sub-genre, originates. I think they're the originals. Megadeth has some cool stuff. I'm going to admit right now, I haven't dug as deep into the Megadeth catalog right. in the first place. But from what I have heard, they're definitely cool. Yeah. But I just have a real soft spot for all that old Metallica stuff. Yeah, man, me too. I, I mean, I le- I remember getting my first metal cassette, you know, cassettes way back when, when we were, like, yeah. young. I'm 43 right now. Right, right. I'm 43 right now. So that's oh, we're the old. same age. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Right. So, so you know what I'm talking about, the little cassettes, you know? Sure. Uh, first, first metal album that my mom gave me, Thank You, Mom, right? And, uh, I, and I never looked back, too, so... The only reason why, okay, so there's a reason there. Uh, I I I love Megadeth a little bit more than Metallica, you know, as not not as a whole, but for the, just the fact that they are consistent with albums. Mm, fair enough. They come out with albums every year, every other year. While Metallica took a backseat to that, I don't know what happened there after after I think it was Reload. Uh, no, Saint Anger. Saint Anger, they took like a three, two to three year hiatus, right? Yeah. I have to imagine some of that is just the pressures of being a much bigger band playing yeah. stadiums around the world. And they're one of those interesting groups. There aren't a ton of them, right? Where they are still touring 30 years later and the fans are going to see the stuff that came out 35 years ago, pretty much exclusively. Right, right. So. So the reason why I brought that up because 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 I was on your uh, your Instagram page, yes sir, um, and I saw a little clip of it, and I want to discuss this with you because I think this is to be d- discussed a, a lot too. Um, but but it, but if you don't mind, I will play play the clip of of you talking about this. Of course. Okay, here we go. Metallica set out to make a metal album for non metalheads. They definitely succeeded much to the chagrin of, I think, a lot of their historic fans. In the process, they got maligned by a lot of metalheads, but did they actually create more metalheads with this album than kind of all of the other metal albums previous combined? I think this might have spawned more metal fans than any other metal album of all time. I agree. I don't know if that was you talking, but that might be your co-host. But then again, this is my first time listening to your podcast. Sure thing. But that um, was... Yes, I agree. Well, that was my co-host and okay. bandmate, Tom, oh, and one of, and nice. also one of my oldest friends and a bass player. And actually, he and I recently put out a metal album, so kind of attempting to play some homage to some of that stuff. But yeah, I totally agree with the sentiment, I, and I was one of those kids. I didn't exactly become a metalhead, 
to be honest with you, at least not right away. But right. the Black Album made a huge impact on me. I had that tape when I was 12, and I played the heck out of it. Yeah. I Okay, so uh, they, they were three albums leading up to the, to the Black Album. Uh, but the Black Album, I think, solidified that they're here to stay forever. Um, sure. Yes, it did bring more metalheads to the table. But their first three albums was just killer, you know, because my favorite of those three was Kill 'Em All, and and the majority of of the uh, favorite is And Justice for All, you know, with Jason first coming. Yep. Yeah, but Kill 'Em All, man, they were they were thrashy, hardcore, and they just didn't give, you know, <laughs> they didn't do what they were doing because because that was their first album. They had to come out come out strong. I, totally. You know? And it's. I recently listened to Kill 'Em All for the first time in a while, yeah. again just by coincidence, and I was rocking out to it in my car. And it is—it's so fast and it's so yeah. heavy. It rocks really hard. But I'll just say, you know, let's get right into it. Right about music, there is this thread of thinking that as soon as you get more popular, or what Metallica did on the Black album is they slowed down a bit and yeah. ultimately became way more accessible in the songwriting. The songwriting, I don't think, changed that much, except they slowed down, maybe a little bit more melodic, but they were always kind of melodic. But this yeah. idea that that's somehow a bad thing, it isolates the early fan base. The reality, speaking as someone who has, you know, a fan who's been on both sides of this coin, I've followed bands from the very early on and seen them get popular, so I sympathize with feeling a certain way about it. Right. However, with something like Metallica, I'm coming in, I hear the Black Album first because it's on MTV. It's everywhere. I buy the tape. And then what do I do? I go back and I buy the rest of the catalog. I'm listening to Master of Puppets and Justice for All and Ride the Lighting, all those, right? And just it's a window into an artist's catalog. So I don't know, especially the older I get, I just don't see any. I don't fault Metallica or any band for wanting <laughs> right? to get a bigger yeah. audience. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I don't think I don't think it was cool for metalheads to hear, you know, a band such as Metallica on radio because after the Black Album, they became more radio friendly with with nothing else matters. Sure, slower, slower songs. You know what I'm saying? Um, so sure. yeah, yeah but we, we have an impossible standard for artists we love. We want them to stay the same, and we want them to change at the same right. time, yeah. and it's pretty yeah. much impossible. Yeah, I can't have both. You know. Right. Uh, like Burger King, you you can't have it your way. <laughs> uh, okay, so as 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 we're discussing, um, you can go to Apple Apple Podcast, Spotify, and me more to find his podcast. It's one thousand one album compilation complaints. I'm sorry, Al- yeah, one thousand one album complaints. Correct. Yeah. So, how long have you been doing this? Oh, doing the podcast. It's been over two years now, so I, we have about one hundred and twenty episodes published at this point we were doing it every single week started kind of amidst the the pandemic as just an excuse to get together and, and talk and stay connected to music at a time where we couldn't get you know get together in person or perform live things like that and you know it's evolved but really at its core it's old friends kind of having the same conversations that we would have as musicians and friends sitting around the bar, listening to the jukebox, just kind of nitpicking, talking through the production decisions, poking a little fun, even at the stuff we love. That's, that's sort of the tone of the show. It's not, I think there's plenty of material out there praising 
all these classic albums to the I'm death. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> right. And, you know, we do that too, but it's fun to, I don't know, making music is also kind of inherently silly. And <laughs> there's yeah. just fun things <laughs> to imagine, like James it's... Hetfield being in the vocal booth and just like being by himself and just shouting, here yeah! into yeah. the air. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. I don't know, it's yeah. just silly. That's one thing that that I'll never ever stop laughing about is yeah yeah you know it's all <laughs> right. yes yeah exactly so uh, so if if you don't if my audience doesn't understand that still I listened to one of your Instagram um, stories and it's from one of the podcast episodes about REM um, and where you say that, that Michael Stipe wrote a song. And he talked about how he ran into into like a wolf and this and that, and there's no wolves in where we were located. <laughs> right. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, because I, I, I never thought of it. We we <laughs> don't think about that stuff until it's brought up. And thank you so much for you know bringing that. You know, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. So it's a lot of that. It's a lot of jokes and just goofing with your friends. And it's hopefully for the folks that listen, it reminds you of you and your friends and chatting it up. Mm-hmm. But it, I would say additionally, what's been really cool about it for for us doing it is learning about a lot of these records because now we're we've gotten much better over the years at doing the research reading books reading mm-hmm. memoirs diving into the making of really hearing telling these stories and i always find kind of without fault that <laughs> the music gets better when you have the context when you know the yeah, story yeah. exactly because you don't know the uh the pain and suffering they went through to make the album sure like it's, um it's and what? I I want to put this out right right now because we're yeah. talking about we joke a lot we make fun of some stuff there's some stuff we don't like it, it it is what it is music is subjective but what we're trying to get across I hope this comes across is that we have the utmost respect for anyone who's putting out a creative product it's challenging it's to hard. say the least <laughs> right? right so right. anyone oh, yeah. who puts themselves yeah. out there on the line to me it's they have my respect automatically yeah yeah because uh. My uh, Blake, my co-host, um, he his favorite band is My Chemical Romance, and he likes a lot better now because we went through um, what they we read what they went through, and mm-hmm. they went through like a brutal this and that and the, and the other, and he likes it ten thousand times better now, and yeah. I think that that a lot of fans don't realize how much effort you put into the album and everything you're like yeah you know. oh yeah it is it can be a brutal experience Th- thousands of hours of your life trying yeah. to make it good and then guess what as soon as it comes out i know this as a musician you can hear all the flaws in it you can hear all the things that you would have changed it's it's inevitable so believe me the flaws that we sometimes hear when we talk about oh so-and-so made this mistake or there's a weird bass note on that track the musicians, they know too. They just, right. oh, yeah. for whatever reason, they missed it or they left it. It's just the nature of the game. Right, right. So, next question is going to be kind of weird, but what is your favorite restaurant, fast food restaurant? Uh, that's an easy one. It's Arby's. Arby's. And why did I bring that up, y'all? <laughs> the reason why I brought it up, okay, so um, Rob has a band called The Chop. Correct? Yes, sir. Yes. Right. And that is all about Arby's, and that's like a like a like a tribute band, right, or something like that. It's, it's yeah, not, it's kind so, of sort of. Yeah, yeah. Let me give you some color. So, okay. me, my friends and I had this band a long time ago called The Chop. It was sort of our first band. We we tried real hard. We were real into it. This is in our twenties. Toured a bunch, 
And it became now that band, uh, people disseminated and moved to different parts of the country and things like that. And our lives moved on. And now it's become this creative collective, kind of a banner for all of us. It's a record label. It's a way to release weird, creative one-off projects. So the project you're talking about is our latest album, a concept album that's a heavy metal, yeah. heavy metal concept album about Arby's, the fast food restaurant, <laughs> called Ghost Beef. That's, and it, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life, you know? And so, yeah, so we released that uh, pretty recently. One of my co-hosts, Tom, the aforementioned Tom, is the bass player in that project. I play guitar. We both sing. And it's sort of a one-off concept project that really gets into... You, <laughs> dear listeners, please go listen to Ghost oh, I, I implore yeah, you, because yeah. what no. I want you to know is that this silly concept we took deadly seriously... And I think crafted something pretty cool and got really into the sort of 70s metal production style and things like that. So there's a lot of cool, interesting references to menu items. And, and we, we kind of created a whole story around Arby's. It's just it's sort of a long running inside joke with our friends. OK, so for people who, who want to know what uh, this is, is uh, OK, so they have eight, eight or nine, I think 10 songs, right? Eight songs. Yeah, and some of the songs are the Curling Fields, uh, the Legend of John, the Le the Legend of John Arby, and Meatcraft, which is all great. Lord of the Beeflands is, is an awesome one too. But, <laughs> yes. but I, I really like the song "The Curling Fields." It's your first track on the album, um, and that reminds me of an earlier Dinosaur Junior. Did you get that feeling when you wrote it, or did you like? You know you what. I'm gonna admit something. I've only passingly listened to Dinosaur Jr., so no, I don't. I can't say I really know no. the catalog. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 like it's a uh, it reminds me of so much of him, and he's coming okay. to Columbia, so I might see him soon. But um, oh, yeah. awesome! Yeah, so. It's one of those bands I keep meaning to get to. So yeah. that's Jay Mascus, right? That's the guy you're right. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Jay also has a solo um, career too that 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 anybody needs to check out. You know, nice. Yeah, he's 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 awesome, and and the uh, album's just genius because I've always I've always listened to um bands like um the Oakley Oakleys, you know the Ned Flanders. Oh yeah. yeah, I think yeah. they're from my town here, Sacramento. Really? I'm nice. pretty sure. Yeah. Nice. yeah. And there's another band called um uh the Max Havis. Oh wait, where... maybe that's the one that's from Sacramento. <laughs> one of those bands is from Sacramento yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Black Sabbath is a is a is a spinoff of Black Sabbath, but they do it McDonald McDonald style. Yeah, yeah. They have grimace like up there on stage, and yeah. Well, I think the distinction is I I do like theme bands. I've always yeah. loved the theatricality of being in a live band. It's it's about more than just the music. It's about the show, right? It's about the visuals. And in all my previous bands, we always had an eye towards some of that, whether it was costumes or lights or just just different aspects of like engaging the audience in the show so yeah this was just a weird idea that we we took really far and we wrote all these original songs about arby's and it's it's basically imagining this dystopian world where john arby the founder of arby's has taken over and he's enslaved <laughs> to the populace and the reason we wanted to go with heavy metal for this is because we realized one day that fast food is brutal like heavy metal. 
It's brutal to the consumers who eat it. It's brutal to the animals who are sacrificed to make the food. It's brutal to the employees. It's not a great place to work. No, it's not because I work at a, at a I work at a uh, Outback Steakhouse. There you and go. I can't stand people, but uh, but you're right. You're, the uh, the fries are, are screaming in pain as they get fried. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Fried. Yeah, so. so it was just a fun exercise genre exercise for us i think the bands we were thinking of or at least i was thinking of when i was writing it were were more like black sabbath the classics maybe judas priest and then the the more modern band that we really like and listen to a lot was the sword i don't know if you've heard those guys i've had yeah 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 so for you it's all about theatrics and uh and theater uh, as well as the music too have you seen guar i have i have seen guar yeah a couple times I have a friend that hates Gwar. I'm like, why? And they're like, they're not, they're and like, she can't get around the music. She can't get around the blood spurting out and everything. I'm like, it's, it, I go, I like Gwar for the music and the show. Yeah. When you're at a, at a Gwar show, you will never forget it. Ever. I agree. I agree. I went mm-hmm. once years ago. And then the next time they came around, I like convinced eight other people they had to go see him. And yeah. It was an awesome time. And I just think, just on a logistical level, how much liquid they're able to get from oh, the God. stage to the audience is My crazy. God, it's yeah. it's like a swimming pool full. Yeah. The best thing about Gwar is you wear your own souvenir. Because they right. encourage you to wear white. Because when, when they squirt a colored water, that's what it is, and they pretend it's blood, it shows up a white tremendously. And so you're wearing your own souvenir. Totally. Oh, I think they're a really. I know I, I have a lot of respect for them and what they're what they're out there trying to do, and it's not easy, and it takes a, a ton of work besides just making the music, which is also very technical and very impressive. But you know, listen, I think people get hung up right on genres. Oh, I like yeah. this genre. I don't like this genre. Honestly, I think most of that's irrelevant. I think what you really want, especially with live music, is you want to be there with an audience who's really into it. And I don't right. care if you're talking about Taylor Swift or Guar. I mean, I've never been to a Taylor Swift show, but I imagine the audience is pretty engaged. Now, my niece has been to a Taylor Swift show last month. So there you uh, go. I bet she was excited. Yeah. My point is, is you (laughs) can see the best band in the world, and if the audience isn't into it, it takes away from it quite a bit. Yeah, it does. It does. That's that's true. Because Green Jello or Green Jelly, depending on whoever, they're they're a band great, too, and they're a band great live show, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so you kind of need the theatrics along with the with the uh, music to send out the message that you want to send. I, I'm not saying you have to have theatrics. I, it's just something I like. Either, yeah. I like aesthetics and theatrics. It's a cool right. thing. I think that people, I get that people sometimes feel like it's a gimmick that yeah. hides a lack of musicianship. I certainly don't think that's the quick case in Guar's case because they're shredding <laughs> pretty hard. Right. But... To me, that's just more exciting, and I've just always appreciated that theatrical side of stage shows. I also agree with you. You don't need theatrics because when I went to see Chimera, all they had was smoke, was smoke machines, and it, and and they blew off the the house. You know? Oh yeah, I mean, totally. Specials I remember, and and they just have smoke machines blowing. You know? It, so part you, of it's you, just how you design the set, how you design the music, how the frontman talks to the audience, just your body language, but you need to engage and get the audience into it. That's the trick. There's a lot of different ways to do that. There's, you know, there's no one right way to do it, but to make a compelling show. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
So going off of the, the chop band, yes, you sir. have a another tribute band, I would say, or, sure. or a, 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 another um, uh, called uh, the Beverly Crushers. Yes, sir. Now I think you, you like Star Trek rather than Star Wars. Am I correct? Well, I like both just fine. Oh, okay. Actually, <laughs> to me, I mean, I I do love Star Trek with all my heart, but sometimes the movies aren't aren't very. Oh, um, I agree. You know, I don't like every single thing that either franchise no. has done, but this band, the Beverly Crushers, is really mm-hmm. centered on the Next Generation, which was the Star right. Trek show with Jean Luc Picard with Patrick Stewart on it, that was airing when I was growing up, and I used to watch it with my parents. And I think it still really holds up. It's still a fun show. It's a more philosophical kind of version of what Star Trek can be. Right. And so we wrote really solely in, in that universe and about those characters and uh, made a whole record of it. And in fact, we're working on a follow-up record now. It's, it's, it's pretty fruitful writing territory. And it's just a lot of fun for us to have these writing prompts that allow us to uh, dive a little deeper into the, the characters' mindsets, things like that. So not only do you have the Beverly Crushers, the Chop, you have another band called Mega. Tell so us the, about that. Mega is, the, these are my co-hosts, actually. So we're all part okay. of this, the oh, Chop okay. Unlimited Collective. But two of my other co-hosts on 1001 Album Complaints live on the East Coast. And they're in a band called Mega. It's prog rock. They're based in Delaware, which is where we're all from originally. And they gig quite a lot in the Wilmington, Philadelphia, kind of Maryland area. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, so so for all of my listeners, you can listen to the Chop, the Beverly Crushers, and you'll get it right. I mean, it's a, it's a good time, good feeling uh, about positive stuff. Well, I don't know if the Price will, will enjoy it. But, uh, you know, the Curly <laughs> Curly Price won't enjoy it because they're, you know, they're, 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 they're being dipped in uh, grease. <laughs> So, yeah, it's just a it's just a fun way to to keep to keep writing about different things and to make ourselves laugh a bit, but also we're we've really gotten into recording music. That's just a lot of the fun for me personally these days. And so any excuse to go with songs, make a song, and then and then produce it in the studio to me is just real exciting. And and this just makes for really good songwriting fodder. Now, what what does your song process look like? Because I know bands that write the lyrics first music later and the opposite which way do you kind of lean, lean, lean towards i typically write the lyrics first we, we i've tried a few different things every once in a while i'll kind of have a melody and a, and a chord structure under it that is the first thing to come but for the most part i start with i start with the some of the words at least and set them to music as a starting point and mm-hmm. then you know usually after that grain of an idea for me as a songwriter what i like to do is try to try to really figure out what the song is about, what feeling it's about, what perspective it's from. And once I can figure out the angle of the song, then it becomes much easier to write the rest of it. Right. So writing these um, these compilation albums with the Chop and the Beverly Crushers, yeah. uh, what are some main points that, that needs to be in the song? Like, what I mean is, you know, like, you need some characters, and you 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 use data as one of your um, ones in Beverly Crushers, and that resembles data from you know Star Trek. Yeah. And of course, you use uh, John Army from the Arby's. Sure. Um, 
Is there like like what all do you absolutely need to get your message across? Like I'm talking about this subject, this one subject. I think that's one of the great things about songwriting and music generally is there aren't really rules. Everyone can right. take a slightly different approach. And I have I've been working with a songwriting partner, also my co-host on 1001 Album Complaints, Tom. Who, who again plays bass, and so we share songwriting duties. And I would say he, you know, he would probably give you a slightly different answer in terms of what makes a good song or how he approaches it. For me, it is important to, like I said, kind of understand the perspective. And the, you know, the, if we're writing about a character, to you have to kind of get inside their head and say, like, what are they trying to convey? What what sentiment is this about? I think from there it just becomes a lot easier and to me it's an interesting challenge to take this kind of somewhat silly idea of say writing about star trek characters Mm. but take it seriously and try to figure out what are their actual wants and desires so you mentioned data from star trek the next generation great character of course classic brent spiner we have a song called only data where the (laughs) premise is that he is asking the question is that all i am he's it's this is the premise of the whole show and his character arc throughout the show is he's trying to figure out what it means to be human and how he can break through to that. So to me, that just feels like a universal sentiment that makes it easy to put into a song. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, we, I, I noticed you mentioned your, your guitarist in the band. Yes. Um, so what, okay. So for beginners, what's the easy song to learn that they can just, Pick up and play. You mean from all recorded music? Yes. <laughs> because it's so subjective because I hear <laughs> ACDC's great, great learning, learning band. Tom Petty is another, you know, three chord, you know. Sure. Yeah. I think, yeah, I definitely started on stuff like Credence or probably Tom Petty. Yeah, they tend to have these three chord, relatively simple structures. The rhythms are relatively simple. I think literally the first song I may have learned to play might have been the Sweater Song by Weezer, yeah. which is a fairly yeah, simple little riff, but it's a cool song. Three chords also with a, with a riff kind of surrounding them. So I think those are all good starting points. One of the reasons I would say ACDC might be just slightly tougher is I think you, they tend to use bar chords and they tend to use... Yeah. Very specific tight rhythms that might be a little harder for beginning guitarists. But by all means, give TNT oh, yeah. or Back in Black a shot. I'm not telling you not to. No, no, no. The thing with ACDC is it is, is sounds really easy to play. But when you pick up the guitar and that, you know, I mean, it's it's sort of hard. You will learn it, though, you know, because sure. everybody needs to know bar chords, major chords, or minor chords, everything, you know. But, but ACDC does use the bar chord. That, that that teachers not may be able to learn, teach you when you first get going, correct? Yeah, I think so. You're, you're definitely going to get to those bar chords. I, I think, personally, it's hard to even remember what it was like sometimes because it's been so long since I was learning. But mm-hmm. if I think back, I think that bar chord step was that kind of next step for me. You, you tend to start, I think most people start by learning open chord formations, C, G, and D, things like that. And it... On, and I was learning on an acoustic guitar at the time, and so it is a little more strummy, and that's why it makes me think of pop songs like Creedence Clearwater Revival. So nice, yeah, but but that's my dad's favorite band, so it's all good. You know, it's all good. It's all fun. It's 
Oh, uh, we do. Thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, okay. So my last question, one more question before I let you go, sir. Sure. Um, I I asked everybody this, and I can't believe I almost forgot it. But that's you know, um, is there a song, a band, or an album that you can think of that you can listen to right now? How it makes you feel inside is so deep in your soul. You can't tell me or anybody else how it makes you feel. The one that jumps out to me, since we were just talking about them, the one that's really meaningful to me is Tom Petty's Wildflowers. Mm, yes. Solo record he made in the early 90s with Rick Rubin. I think he was going through a lot at the time. He might have he been an addict at the time. I'm not sure. I think he was definitely in the process of some kind of divorce. I just feel the songs on that record and the way it's produced are achingly beautiful. And to me, that's just an all-time one. Nice, nice. But very well, personal. That, that, that's a perfect answer because I I, you can't explain it. <laughs> that's the quote. That's the whole answer. That's the whole question right there. So thank you for that, sir. Sure. And like I said before, we, we honestly do thank you for coming on. And we hope to God you come back because you're a really fun guy to talk to about music. And, uh, but before we go, uh, can you share with, with our listeners where they can find you or, and your bands? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, uh, so much. It was, it was lovely having this chat and I'd love to stay in touch. You can find me and my bands at 1001 album complaints on Instagram or at the chop unlimited on Instagram. And then from there, we have links to, to everything, to the podcast, which is called 1001 Album Complaints, published every Monday with a new classic album, but also all the bands that we as hosts are a part of and, and make music for, and we have much more music in the works as well. So yeah, find us on Instagram at one of those two handles. Nice, nice. So, well, thank you again for coming on, and everybody listening, always rem- remember when words, when words fail... Music speak. Bye, guys. All right. Thanks so much, James. Appreciate it.